bullshit, it's all just dumb gay politics. America's gotten kinda whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A N A N A S. This shit is Trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey everybody, welcome to Dumb Gay Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we tell you how we feel about the <laughs> week in politics. Like we're reviewing an episode of reality TV. Um, so Trump, I don't know if you saw it, he hosted some kind of like business panel this morning. I didn't see this. And he um droned on and on about how he magically fixed everyone's lives with tax cuts and jobs. Oh, did he? Uh-huh. Did it and did <laughs> did all the people get up and say like including my mom's friend and she's not listening mom so don't worry, <laughs> the lady who does her nails I think is the one who does this but about like well my husband or I got twelve hundred more dollars in my coffer and so <laughs> coffer and, and our coffers we got twelve hundred more dollars in our coffers and I think President Trump for that so our whole lives have changed because of twelve hundred dollars well I just want to say I owed money that wasn't it didn't get enacted this year yet. Oh, well then, so fuck off. But it was basically just a gaslighting convention. He was in a great mood, <laughs> romancing the light fantastic, and nonstop patting himself on the back uh, while doing his full Trump stand-up. Like, full. I do love the Trump stand-up. I know, and that's why I, I thought, wished you'd seen it, because he would go like, he'd go like, hey, he like, what's that guy, John Bolton or whatever, Ugh. you know, the, the um, new... Yosemite Sam? Yeah, he's like the new national well, security guy. Well, 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 we're going to fire everybody up in here. And well, I'm the only one who's going to be in charge. You see? <laughs> oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. he he kind of touched on Syria for like, it wasn't about it was all about like taxes and business. But he touched mm-hmm. on Syria for a second. And he was like, oh, yeah, people are going to maybe I hope you're not all giving John all the credit because, you know, if you give him all the credit, I'm going to have to fire him. And then, and I mean, and smiling and people were laughing. And then on CNN, they were like, ha, ha, ha. No, but they, you know, they always, when you know what they say about jokes, yeah, you're just telling the truth, truth or whatever right, it is. Right. I mean, he literally said that. I mean, well, I mean, he is, John Bolton is eventually in the next month is going to get fired or quit. Exactly. Not before Scott Pruitt. However, is going to have to get fired and quit because that motherfucker's on his way out too. Let's hope, but he's lasted longer than any other other shade queens. I mean, we're not. I know that's true, but we're we're not going to get into it on today's episode. But I am very happy that he's under the magnifying glass. Well, he's been there though. That's why range. we're not talking about it because he's been there and has yet to be axed. So we're that's waiting. True. And you have done a Judge Julie on him. That's right. I mean, my it's all been said about him, and now we're just waiting for him to get fired or to have to quit. Yeah. So for anyone who who. Uh, didn't believe me (laughs) just like trump so now yeah you owed yes money this year on your taxes Mm -hmm. i did and now even though like i said apparently i went from 2016 to oh right so it didn't even oh right now so that was something else you really didn't owe that much this year not that much but i still owed but it's not the trump it's not the trump plan yet but i'm wondering Mm. 
how we don't really know how it's all going to pan out for us. I mean, we assume we certainly didn't end up with twelve hundred dollars in our coffers. I certainly ended up with nothing in my coffer. In fact, but so. we had Julie and I one of the worst years oh. last year. And we'll, we thank you, Bravo, from the bottom <laughs> of our heart. Um, so and we thank you, Patreon subscribers for saving us because we would have been we would have done been lost this house and these kids <laughs> in the fire. Oh, I would have packed up them kids in the truck, drove right to the Goldman's basement and lived there for the rest of my life. I mean, I made so little money. I, I haven't made that little of money since I was living in an apartment in Hollywood. And um, I want I was going to make this announcement on the Patreon. OK, because I feel like it's a little bit too much of my personal in, 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 oh. information, my personal business okay. to tell here. Okay. So you know, I value my privacy. I know. However, um, since it was, I heard this tax thing today, I was just like, you know what? Just share the information with the people. So due to the fact that I made, um, a wage of a barista at Starbucks mm-hmm. last year without health insurance or benefits, <laughs> I on. did have health insurance. Oh, right. And I'm invested in all that, but, oh, right. Well, with, listen, with SAG, if you only, the difference between you and I mm. was that you make all your money doing stand-up, mm-hmm. and so that's not taxed. That is correct. <laughs> so I'm not vested, nor do I have any take, sort of future. You, I make all my money, besides the Patreon, from SAG and right. whatever. So that all goes into, it's easy to get my health insurance. Like, you only have right. to make, people don't think it's easy, but you only have to make 30 grand a year through SAG. I'm like, okay, well, I can't live on no 30 grand a year. I don't know where, what you think. Do you think this is like Indiana? But anyway, we made more than that, but not much. So... Because of that, I got an enormous tax <laughs> refund, unlike any that I have gotten in, like, I, I think maybe the history of my life. I mean, yeah, I, I know, which is amazing. So because I don't think I ever made this little of money since I owned my house. Mm. So even, of course, when I first moved to L.A., I didn't make a lot of money for like a long time, you know, mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. But um, when you don't make any money and you own a house, your interest, interest you completely write off. You know what I mean? Things mm-hmm. like that. So. I got a pretty large tax return and that and this is where the announcement comes in. Okay. I did officially pay off my student loans. <laughs> Mazel tov. Mazel tov. Let's do a cheers. Julie already knew this, but this is our. Well, I wa- will tell the kids not too much information, but there was a time. Was it five years ago? Oh, we've or told maybe- them this. Oh, OK, it was. Well, Brandy told it, me. It was honestly, I feel like it was nine or ten years ago because you were still living in, in the Hollywood Hills. I came to your place and oh. I was crying. Well, however much lo- that's how time I can't handle. But um, you said you wanted to pay off your student loan. It was like the one thing that was. I've told them this story before, but I, for whatever reason, I don't know, what prompted me to do it. But you know, like, I mean, that's amazing. That's a huge payment every like, month. Yeah, like I had started probably paying on them at like twenty one, and then um, I whatever one day like woke up or maybe I don't even yeah I woke up and like something in my life was happening financially or something and it, I never they already you guys already know this but they do this trick before Obama they did this trick where you would get a coupon book coupon book coupon book <laughs> I don't know Putin uh-huh. Putin coupon and, coupon and so because you had this book you'd but and even when you bill paid online after the coupons no one was sending you a statement every month ever. So literally, like, oh. honestly, like, mm. 
eight years went by and I never even looked at the shit. I was just right. every month paying $550, right. $550, $550 for years, eight years paying $550. And when I woke up and looked at the statement or whatever, I was like, <laughs> I, I had to go online. I had to go through all this shit and I'd go into stupid Sally Mae. And it was like all this. Then I had to make a password that was like, Encyclopedia Britannica, exclamation point, exclamation point, dollar sign, money sign, period sign, capital B, F, T. I'm like, oh my God. Hashtag, Where am I going to write this down? Fucking So once I get on, I see that because of however the loan was structured or because of the fact that I never paid more than the minimum, which was $550, I had only paid on interest for eight years. And I, at that point, still owed 50 grand. Even though if you times eight times, you know, whatever, 550, it was like I had already potentially paid 50 grand and had a a, a mental breakdown at Julie's house and was like, I drove. (laughs) I remember driving, parking behind her Jeep, going into her place in the Hollywood Hills and being like, and that, by the way, that's the place you see in in your box office. She no Mm -hmm. longer lives there. I live in such a better place. I know. And I was, I just cried and was like, I gotta, Mm. I gotta start. I have to make this a priority and stop. I thought paying five hundred fifty dollars was a priority. I certainly, but at that time, I hadn't even had a car payment that high. Now that I is do. the <laughs> I don't even have any payment that high. Still, my car it's costs coming that. to it. No. But yeah, no, I know you're. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, so you're yeah, like that's a big that's a huge monthly payment, especially at twenty one. Mm. So I, I, I remember mean, I telling my mom, and my mom was supportive, and and so mm. basically, and it was because it was like that was probably Obama. Like I said, I think it was ten years ago. Obama got elected. And maybe, so maybe it was nine years ago, but Obama got elected and it was just easier. Um, it was like, if I, I figured out percentage wise, if I paid 850 instead of 550, I could pay it out much faster. If 850. I, if what I figured out and I wrote it down on my coupon book is if I paid 850, I was paying $300 to the principal more. I was paying the interest. In the right. Rent. But if I paid like, and it wasn't even 1050, it was like, 1250 paid me paid $500 to the principal. So sometimes I would pay $1200 to that thing and I would just pay 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 more mm. even just a little more here and there and it did make up a big difference and then um I got so far ahead on the payments that some months I wouldn't even have to make a payment. Mm. It got once you start gaining on it, you pay way more of the principal. It's like right. a home loan. So it was like I should do that with my credit cards. That's what they say to do. It takes so much off of the principal, which makes your interest way lower. If you sit and only pay the interest, the principal never goes down. Therefore, your payment never goes down with, you know, with that, because I was paying the the, the principal down much quicker. The interest went down and it's just how it works. And so anyway, I mean, I got, I guess, within like five thousand and then I got my tax return back and I just paid it off and I helped my mom. I don't think I told my mom. Yet I was waiting to sort of surprise her, but um, and I got a new laptop too, son. <laughs> Thanks, government. Yeah. Thanks, so, tax returns. If that's my last, my last that's amazing. time because a we're never going to make that little of money again, and b we're only going to get a standard deduction now thanks to Trump. So living it up on the Barry Gibb talk show. <laughs> well, let's hope so. I hope this year is better for us. Well, it's not sure. I think it already <laughs> sure. shaping up to be. Well, oh. maybe not. 
Feels like it is to me because I paid off those damn student loans. That's I don't right. Have a student loan payment. I'm more in debt now, so <laughs> I can't say things are much better. But don't worry about it, Mom. Dad, everything's fine. <laughs> Everything is just fine. But you know, shit's what it is. Shit's gonna be. Shit's gonna go. We'll tell them about the Patreon where we were gonna, where I was gonna tell this. Now instead, we're gonna talk about Julie's big fight on the Howard Stern <laughs> wrap up show on the Patreon. Oh, okay, yeah. Um. <laughs> So, Patreon.com is where you can get our bonus podcast. www.patreon.com slash dubgaypolitics. You can get an extra hour of us just shit talking, talking shit, talking about whatever. It's not political. Um, No ads. It's like regular. Oh, no ads. Just just one hour. Sometimes, sometimes an hour. Some, sometimes 55 minutes. No, usually it's about an hour. It is about an hour, but yeah. I'm just saying on average, so you can't no. really know what I'm saying. So, um, you know. Sometimes it's an hour and 15 minutes. That's what I'm saying. So if it's at 55, I'm saying it averages out oh, to I an see. hour. All right. You know what I mean? Well, our one of our big, maybe our biggest friend, mm. Angie Knox, mm. recommended that we make a newer episode free. Ah. Um, it's called like BB2 BBW's request up. <laughs> trans house cleaner or that something like a, that. That was a good episode. So yeah. if you think Ange um, said that we should make it free and we have. Yes. So now you can listen to two free episodes mm. to see if it strikes see your fancy. if it fancy. wets your whistle. Yeah. Ooh, what's your whistle? Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I love when my whistle's all wet. Woo! <laughs> so. There's nothing like a wet whistle. So go listen to two free episodes and if you're still not into it, my recommendation no, is so stop much. listening to even this one because <laughs> I don't know what you're doing here. But um, okay, let's get to Eye of the Shit Storm. Shit, take some shit. Put it up on the wall. Check it out for a while. Shit, take that shit up off of the wall. Put it down on the floor in a glass bowl. You take some fuck. Put it up on the wall where the shit used to be. All right. So this week, the Eye of the Shit Storm really does feel like an appropriate simile for what's going on right now. I mean, as we told you last week, the president's personal lawyer, Fixer Ray Donovan and friend, <laughs> for the past 20 years had his life raided by the FBI under the suspicion that he was destroying evidence. But why would you think that? Maybe because he was walking from his house to a hotel with the same laptop and briefcase filled to shit with receipts falling out of yeah. it. Or, whatever. or on his way to a dumpster. <laughs> on, his way to a, on his way to like a place where they like burn stuff. Well... On Friday, that raid turned into an official criminal investigation of Michael Cohen. Right. So it does feel like the Russia situation, which has been in a pressure cooker for a while, mm. is now like boiling down with laser ac- accuracy mm. right on Michael Cohen's head, which is about to explode, hitting everyone in the <laughs> Trump organization, including every single one of his fucking kids, but, probably, except for Tiffany, probably. Oh, no. Yeah. Nothing's going to. I mean, you know what? You know what? You know what? I just that just made me think. Tiff, Tiffany, if you're listening, Tiff, what's the, what's the song? Fly like a bird or fly like a bird, fly <laughs> like a bird. Mom, see, take it. Awakenings of Marla Maples. Um, <laughs> hit it, mom. Everyone, hit it, mom. Every one of the kids is, everyone in the Trump family dynasty is fucked because they're all dirty snake mm-hmm. oil salesmen and mm-hmm. all, they all do fake criminal shit, except for Tiff. Tough. So she's going to be the one who's going to fucking ra- 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 rise above. That's right. Fly Isn't above. Isn't that amazing? Fly, fly, fly yeah, above. Yeah, fly, fly, fly above. So I think that's, she should feel pretty good about herself. She should with her buggy eyes. I mean, ooh. <laughs> so, all right. 
Well, the timeline, let's get back to the timeline. Okay. It speaks volumens. <laughs> so after the investigation became officially official on Friday, Trump's lawyers petitioned to have all the seized files kept from the Department of Justice under the protection of attorney-client privilege. Now, people think this is telling because it indicates that he doesn't want the Mueller investigation to gain access to the files, which would happen if they are turned over to the Department of Justice and if anything relevant were found. Basically, what they're doing is what I'm doing with the IRS. After I got my thing and I had to find and I found the mistake that was made and I'm like, fuck. (laughs) So then I'm like, fuck, they're fucking right. But I'm going to send back a thing that says, I don't understand where you found this thing. You need to point it out with a red line and show me to buy me some time. So I don't, you know what I'm saying? Just keep playing it off. Because that's what they are doing here. Also, if there's, yeah, they're exactly to a T. I mean, and if there's anything they can do to prevent anyone's eyes, Jeff Sessions, even though he's recused himself and that other guy, they don't want anyone reading it. They want, they they, don't want anyone reading it and he's going to push and push and push. So he, he just is, he's just buying more time and that's just, you know, and I get it because I'm doing the same exact thing. So I understand. Okay. So then after the lawyers started the petition to do a gag order on all the seized documents. Gagging all the seized documents. (laughs) Gagging the seized (laughs) evidence. Go on. So (laughs) Trump called Michael Cohen Mm. on the phone. Mm. He called him on Friday. Michael. And everyone was just like, who calls him? Like, Hey, Mike. What do you have to say? <laughs> and you know he's... And the whole thing is that he's recording every conversation with everyone that he's ever talked to. And so people think that Trump called so that he could be like doing the big wink, wink, like, hey, man, sorry about all this. Right. I really would have helped you out if I had known about anything right. you've got going on. But since I don't know anything... Right. And what must they have on you? How horrible, bless you. I mean... I'll do what I can to protect you, but since... I don't really know what they've got or, right. I don't, or what it's for yeah. or who it's about. Man, buddy, I wish, Ooh. I hope you stayed above board. Well, talk to you later. <laughs> then he hangs up the phone and then surprise, surprise. Well, okay. So after the phone call, Trump issued a surprise pardon out of nowhere to someone you might have remembered named Scooter Libby. I don't. I had only remembered that name because that name is, first of all, who the fuck in the world is named Scooter Libby? I know. And you know, he's like 70. And I was like, it's like a character from like a, like one of those kids shows where they're scrappy and they live in a (laughs) junkyard. Yeah, of course. It's like a dog's name. It's like all that kind of. Yeah, like, uh, what well, Scooter Libby took my homework again, and I didn't like it. It's such you a weird I mean? name. It's very weird. Anyway, so he didn't follow the normal protocol for issuing a pardon. He just waved his tiny dick and declared it so. <laughs> Sorry. That image just delighted me yeah. for a moment. Well, um, Now, without getting into the ins and outs of Scooter Libby... Um, you might just Google him, check him out, because that whole thing, it's just a whole thing. It's a whole rabbit hole. It's a Scooter Libby rabbit hole for you to get It's a scooter into. hole. It's a scooter hole. Yeah. It, doesn't, it ain't no Libby it, hole. Because it doesn't really matter if if he deserved the pardon or not, because the whole point is... Yeah, you wave your tiny dick around and you make a pardon. Yeah, and, and that's he's just sending a message it. to Michael Cohen, right? Right. So uh, the rel- relevant rev- relevance of the pardon is that it was... Like you said, a public message and a public message, which was the important thing, because yeah. it wasn't like he called Michael Cohen, be like, look, I can pardon you. Don't worry about it. He yeah. publicly <laughs> pardoned someone else so that Michael Cohen and all of the cronies and everyone involved could see like, don't worry about it, dudes. Look, I pardoned Scooter Libby. That shit's from fucking 10 years ago. Pring! That sound is my tiny dick and my tiny dick is pardoning whoever the fuck it wants. Yeah. 
So after that, feeling like Trump had his back at his charity event and he didn't need to stress anymore, Michael Cohen ignored a court appointment, like at the actual courthouse, uh-huh. regarding like Stormy Daniels that. or something. <laughs> and he sat in the front of the Lowe's Hotel on Park Avenue. And it, it looks like random park benches on the side of the dusty sidewalk, smoking <laughs> cigars with his friends in front of like 900 paparazzi, like he didn't have a care in the world. Like sitting there. That is just so, that is just how gross, that is just, I mean, at least have some, I don't even, I, I don't even know what the word is. It, Go it, home and it, shut the yeah, door. Clear, and then you know how many cigar bars there must be in New York City. It was during the day. It didn't even look comfortable. It was clearly a move. Right. It, actually, it looked, it looked smelly, windy, dusty, and uncomfortable. Mm. And he's sitting there with his friends and there's other strangers there sitting there smoking. Gross. And it was so much, so obviously a move, but he can go suck a fat dick because even if Trump pardons him, the information the feds have on him can become the basis for charges against like everyone, everyone. else in the Trump organization, mainly, and anyone else. But that means all the kids again. I don't know what it is about cigars because I am a person who enjoys smoking all things. Well, they don't really smoke those, do they? That's the thing with cigars that bugs me. <laughs> bugs so hard that like, they just go they're just basically like using it as mouthwash like yeah you don't inhale it it's in your mouth you blow it out you don't even it's not even it's not even like a pipe where at least you're like and you're holding like a pipe which to me is still dumb because you're not inhaling it but i pretty much exactly like a pipe no nacho no no nacho no, He's no, gonna eat that nacho. Whole it's like chocolate. it's like a work. Oh my god, that'll kill him. It's like a workout. Nacho, no. You better smack him. She won't. Is, did he get? Did he eat it or not? Okay, bring it to me. I want a bite of it. No, no, nacho. No, no, nacho. That's gonna be that's gonna be our new our new workout plan nacho you're bad you know better than that hurry up ma'am yeah look at him he's such a little like <sighs> like scooter libby <laughs> yes, scooter. stop scooter living around all right so the latest news with michael cohen um the case and this was the t gur the t of yeah. the ages i didn't even tell you i just said ooh, and i was like i mean to be real and to be honest i was doing a number dose on the toilet and i texted you well something some new shit, no pun intended, has broken in the Cohen case. And you weren't even tempted. You were just like, whatever, bitch. I'm buying fucking avocados so I can make this guac. And then when you got home, I guess. Yeah, I saw it. You saw it. And it is the tiger. What uh, is it? What is it? Well, it is that um, they did a thing where, well, basically it is that the they're, the Michael Cohen has three clients. One is Trump. One is this guy named like Michael Labibi or something. He's like some Republican. I mean, have you seen his face? The guy that he hid that he had that baby and he had some love child or something. And the fact that he even has a love child or anyone has sex with him is beyond. Because look at the guy's face. And the third one is Sean Hannity. Paloop. (laughs) Sean Hannity. Like literally, they tried to keep it under wraps. They tried to not say who the the third client was. And the judge was mm. like, no, mm. we will be putting it out on the street. I mean, and then Sean Hannity wants to go and be like, I never gave him any money. I never got an invoice. I never paid him legal fees. 
I only talked, what? I, we just hung out and I talked to him. I got, he was a consultant. Okay, I got some, a couple mm-hmm. advice on advice. a couple issues. Like, what? What, what the were hooker the that died in your in your office? Exactly. Maybe the that fifteen year old that you grabbed her ass mm-hmm. walking by, your mm-hmm. daughter's friend. Mm-hmm. Who knows? We're hoping it's his son's friend. I hope he fucked his son. I know. We hope anything. <laughs> we're so evil, and that's how hated Sean Hannity is. Is that I don't hope he fucked his son. Okay, I'm just no. Well, we do hope he like. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I want it to be exposed that he did something. We want a man on man crime. I want, definitely want a man on man crime for <laughs> yes. sure. And I want it to be exposed, and I want it to be something real bad, like real bad. So really quick, because we're kind of like going long. One of the um, the thing with Michael Cohen is that. Um, He basically, in the years leading up to Trump's election, the Trump Organization's global development team, okay? Yeah. It was a team Uh working on the global development of the Trump brand. Right. That team was made up of Michael Cohen, Ivanka, and Don Jr. So this, the New Yorker basically put out this article and... I urge everyone to read it. I think Julie and I have maybe made it through a half a page, half of the first page. You know these New Yorker articles. So like, it took me a week to read the Scientology one. God, it was seventeen pages long. Then I read this other one about like the, the like the whole crazy thing with Trump and the super PACs. That was took me two months, and I don't remember any of it now. But this thing is pretty crazy, and a lot of it is about how Ivanka is about to be fucked. Because she has been involved in all these deals and yeah. all these deals the glo- with the global development team mm. were all with Michael Cohen. He definitely, when they say, and they've said it too many times, knows where all the bodies are buried. He knows where the fucking motherfucking bodies yeah. are buried on all of them. And that includes Ivanka. So um, in their pursuit of these international deals, Donald, Ivanka, and Don Jr. did business with corrupt politicians, sanctions violators, mm. and money launderers. Meaning that Cohen has plenty of knowledge about the likelihood of the Trump organization's alleged rampant <laughs> criminality. Oh, God, it's so good. Well, one of the examples was in 2010, Ivanka and Don Jr. And I wish I could. Oh, it was Kathy Griffin. Kathy Griffin. If you hadn't heard the stuff about Kathy, this is just a tangent. But Kathy Griffin was on Howard Stern and she was on um, Real Time with Bill Maher. But when she was on Howard Stern, the, the interview was amazing. And Kathy Griffin, we support you, by the way. And we are. Yeah. We we think you, we've done no wrong. Um, she goes, oh, you know, the kids, Ivanka, Eric, date rape. Yeah. <laughs> she always says he's Cro-Magnon and disgusting. She just called him date rape. I yeah. just thought that was so funny. Anyway, so Ivanka and Don Jr. were under federal investigation in a felony real estate and fraud case involving the luxury Trump Soho project. Okay, so for two years, prosecutors in the Manhattan District Attorney's Office had been building a criminal case against them for misleading prospective buyers of units in the Trump Soho. But then another Trump attorney, Mark Kasowitz, they're all Jews, by the way, which is bumming me out, (laughs) um, intervened by meeting with Manhattan District Attorney Cyrus Vance Jr., Kasowitz had donated generously to Vance's re-election campaign. Three months after the meeting with Kasowitz, Vance overruled his prosecutors and told his office to drop the investigation. Two years, wow. Ivanka and Don Jr. were being investigated for f- felony real estate and fraud. And the second that one of their fucking lawyers donates to whatever, district attorney's campaign, right. it's dropped, all of it. Then... 
So basically in, in 2015, um, Ivanka and um, Donald Trump partnered with oligarchs who allegedly sought to use the luxury hotel project to enable money laundering <laughs> and other illegal activities undertaken by the Iranian Revolutionary Guard. I mean, so this is the sum up of this this entire segment. OK, this is what the New Yorker article said when we only got through half a page, so we can't wait to read the whole, you know, 50 other pages. Mm-hmm. But in I don't know what this town is. Azerbaijan? Azerbaijan. 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 I have literally not... Gun to the head. I have no idea where this even is. Let's just look it up to make sure. <gasps> Ooh. Caught it. Okay. Well, while you're looking it up. Okay. In Azerbaijan, Trump did business with a likely money launderer for Iran's Revolutionary Guard. In the Russian Republic of Georgia, he partnered with a group that was being investigated for a possible role in the largest known bank fraud and money laundering case in the history of the world. In Indonesia, his development partner is knee-deep in dirty politics. There are criminal investigation of all of his deals in Brazil. The FBI is reportedly looking into Ivanka's role in the Trump Hotel in Vancouver, mm. for which she worked with a Malaysian family that has admitted to financial fraud. Back home, Don Jr., a date rape, and Ivanka were investigated for financial crimes associated with the Trump Hotel in Soho, which Julie just told you about, an investigation that was halted suspiciously, which we also told you about. His Taj Mahal, Trump's Taj Mahal casino, received what was then the largest fine in history for money laundering violations. So this is in the first half page of the article, and it's the title of the article, which was the best, is the best part, and why we all need to read it. Um... The end, um, Michael Cohen, um, on the end stage of the Trump, Michael Cohen and the end stage of the Trump presidency. It's the end. It's the end. It's the end. It's the end stage. Now it's time to have an off limits Kiki with a legendary guy that holds a very special place in both of our hearts. My love. Let's have a Kiki. I want to have a Kiki. Lock the doors. Let's have a Kiki. Motherfucker. I'm going to let you have it. Let's have a Kiki. This is the part of the show where we have a kiki with <laughs> activists, <laughs> philanthropists, or just someone who's hot and famous about something that's usually off limits, politics. Well, today our guest is all of those things and more. He's a trailblazer of the highest order, mm-hmm. a quadruple threat who oh. has made his mark in every single performance-based media. Yep. If the genre involves entertaining people, he's people? done it. People? <laughs> he's done it. He's done it well, and many times he's done it first. That's right. He's written and recorded three full albums as a singer. We play two of his songs on this podcast, Looking Cute, Feeling Cute, and Gay Questions, from his first album, Dirty Gay Hits. He literally had one of the very first viral videos in 2003 for his single, Soccer Practice. Let that sink in since Meow Meow sped through it. Full <laughs> companies have been created to help people create content that goes fucking viral and it never works. Julie and I have been paid thousands of dollars mm-hmm. to write viral shit and Frankie Grande and it just falls and in stitches. <laughs> it's like 2,000 people saw Nothing. that. Nothing. No Thank one gives a fuck. Thank you for your money. Nope. This motherfucker <laughs> was one of the first people to ever do it. We're yep. talking about like 15 years ago. Yep. Like he invented going viral. He did invent it. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, he, he created the genre. Yeah. 
<laughs> he also had one of the very first gay podcasts, Gay Pimpin', which he started in 2006. That podcast, which is still <laughs> available to download, was the number one gay podcast for years. Million years. Million years. And it is the sole reason, it is the only reason, <laughs> it is the singular reason <laughs> that Brandy and I have this podcast. Every gay podcast you hear ever in your goddamn fucking gay ears was inspired by or was directly ripped off from... <laughs> Gay Pimpin', which is now called Gayest of All Time when you search iTunes. Which you will be going to search if you aren't already listening. He starred on a TV show for three seasons because he deserves that and then became an entertainment entrepreneur. That's a good word you made up. When he created good. the web ser- series Juggernaut Hey Queen, which has spawned over a dozen successful spinoffs. The Hey Queen brand has also been copied and copied and copied yes, again. That's right. But while it's often imitated, it's never duplicated and they're all trying, girl. Trying, because you know, I just saw something the other night and I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Come on. Anyway, and can I just say, in addition to all these tangible accomplishments, he was the first performer I had ever seen way back in the day before it was easy when we met <laughs> to take the stage and say, I'm a faggot and I love it and fuck you if you don't like it. And that inspired me and all the people who ever saw him perform gay or straight to stop apologizing and start celebrating. It's a celebration. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's currently on a worldwide t- tour again. How yes. many awesome things <laughs> have happened to you? Hosting the Art of the Teas with Dita Von Tees, So grab a ticket for real and yeah. go see him be hilarious and sexy in this show. We went. We saw it. We loved, loved it. it. It's so fun. Get a group together. Yeah. Like You get to see Johnny be sexy and funny and then a bunch of titties and yep. sexy guys. Yep. And it's, it's really a great show. It's fun. Um, and you can also hear him every week if you get withdrawals on his new podcast, Hot Tea. It's been around for like about a year and it's so, 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 so funny. So funny. Better than funnier than this one. <laughs> <laughs> mm. we've, know- <laughs> we've known him for years he's given us a million jobs and a million opportunities he's one of the most generous and supportive people we know he's our sissy our bestie our brother and our gay <laughs> pimp daddy please welcome johnny mcgovern wow. hey queen <laughs> no can you just do that again that was good i, I want more like I, I think i kind of want to start writing obituaries you yeah because you know like- what attention everyone in case i die <laughs> i mean go back and get this my sissies <laughs> reading that. Oh, well, yeah. this was that. Thank you. What a great intro. All true. All true. You're the best. I am so excited. Look, first of all, I haven't seen y'all motherfuckers in months. I know. But I have been listening every week, wherever <laughs> I was in the world, to my favorite show, <laughs> Dumb Gay Politics, plus... Uh, unnamed bonus Patreon podcast every week, <laughs> which is my joy. And getting to see you sitting here in the Hey Queen studio, giving me full dumb gay politics, Brandy, yeah. calling out Julie for doing something she doesn't like, Julie giving her a look. I mean, you're getting the full experience. But Johnny, Let me tell you, haven't you been saying that since, at least since I met you? You guys go way back, but I met you in like 2008. I, I've been seeing this yeah. moonlighting style. <laughs> this dynamic. <laughs> This, <laughs> love, this Maddie, this Maddie, Maddie and David and Dave. <laughs> situation. I mean, first of all, can we just say, uh, and I know oh you'll agree with God. me, Gum Gay Politic fans, can we please have a moonlighting themed <laughs> photo shoot yes. with oh my Julie God, as Bruce amazing. Willis and Brandy so as great. Sybil Shepard? I so love that. I am literally the number one Dumb Gay Politics fan. Like, literally, sometimes you'll do a little extra on the <laughs> bonus, and then I'm like, oh, thank God, it's long. So I can 
and listen and just really get in. God and damn. And I really look forward to Tuesdays because I love listening oh, to my sisters. That is this is so supposed to be sweet. about you. But it's good. Everyone listening is like, mm-hmm, yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, because this show is good. I and now I feel like you, drunk and talking about <laughs> yeah. politics. We well, just had a vodka you, Red Bull. You were able to get a full blunt in while we read that long ass intro <laughs> that's how long sure and, and accomplished you are i mean that mm-hmm. and we didn't even go and we could have named the name of the albums and there was things i cut out that i was like okay like i know because there's other albums there's parties there's mr black there's, there's all the parties he did in new york there's all the shows i mean there are countless shows and when we were in miami there's linda oh god and erica there was the guy that i showed you the picture of richard j alexander who first of all y'all had a this is my life john mcgovern uh in miami that every every minutes i got new texts from julie and brandy running to different people from different portions yeah. of my life brandon the go-go boy who is now fucking a porn star and is like you oh. living a sexy naked chef life and then mm. richard j alexander the bon vivant producer bon who produced, vivant. Uh, I mean, he was bon vivanting oh, around bon vivant. i was pretty starstruck by the soccer practice guy i gotta yeah. say i'm like yeah. oh my god that was the first viral video i ever saw i didn't meet johnny for like another seven years or something <laughs> yeah and like he's like yeah you know he's like telling us a story i'm like i can't even believe that guy just looks rich oh and he is (laughs) yeah he looks rich and like he just makes people oh he he does and yeah you know he'll be like sending you love from a bernadette peters concert (laughs) i just directed at carnegie hall yeah no did he he meet you did you have to jack him off nothing no okay well i've never been me too don't want to let you know because i'm six foot five (laughs) that's right um and no one's ever i mean oh i guess if we're pushing it sure joey arias or some other drunk weirdy uh has grabbed my dick at a gay bar but i think that that is agreed upon upon entry social contract of a place like the cock yes that you can't be offended if someone tries to hit on you yeah. at the cock right because Yarla at the cock. Exactly. I think so social, social at, situations yeah. are if different. If you are at a different event, a lovely glad fundraiser, then it's not time to grab a dick. But if you're at the cock at three in the morning, sweetie, right. then just like, you know, mm-hmm. grab and listen, it. And it's hard to walk by you. You might just rub it. Because remember, my Whatever. favorite my it's, favorite story is riding in your purple car and you stopping to get condoms. And me or we were talking about it and you're like, I'm like, well, what kind do you like? You're like, I just need like extra, extra large and extra thin. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> whoa. And you just throw it like not even like you weren't even trying to you weren't even thinking about it. It's like I could have just been like furniture. And I was like, hello. <laughs> hello. Um, OK, so sis, sisties. Now, you were pretty into politics mm. when Donald Trump was running in 2016 when you used to give me shit about not being mean to Ivanka. <laughs> and so mm. I don't really remember you like being that into it or that involved in the conversation with Obama. And I'm wondering like, cause now you're actually, in my opinion, more involved in the conversation as far as like your shows and social media than even we are. Like I see you like a kind of like a social media activist, like letting your, you have a million followers on Instagram and Twitter, people who are just looking for pictures of dicks. And suddenly they're like, Whoa, <laughs> Trump. It's like, you're really like getting the word out to people who normally would, you know, just be having sex right. all day. So you're like, here's a dick, but also sign this petition <laughs> because yeah. it's yeah. very important. So what, how would you say your arc was like, were you always political and just not, I mean, or did the, did the Trump thing really ratchet it up? Definitely not super political. Obviously my parents met the Peace Corps, uh, were super liberal left leaning. So that's where I, and I lived overseas, multicultural, multi everything. So I was, that was my personal world that I lived in, but with 
Obama, I felt safe and I was in another New York City bubble. I was yeah. not so concerned because I felt like we were safe. What about I felt Bush? That, oh, definitely hated Bush. Really was disgusted, but not that deep in the mix. Right. That was like right during the that was like in my twenties we and early thirties. <laughs> yeah, like I was like partying at clubs and making soccer practice and traveling yeah. the world. Like I would be like, Yeah, George Bush fucking sucks, man. But that's that. Yeah. I mean there was no follow through and I didn't really understand I wasn't paying attention to it. And then when Obama got elected, I remember that was amazing. And that also, I felt like we were in a safe place yeah. with Obama because maybe this or that I didn't agree with, but I felt like whoever was in charge was somebody who cared about real things. Right. And, um, you know, we were in good hands. In, a, in, in honor of so there's that, though, do you think that it's cool that people like you and me I mean, you were probably more informed oh, than me, yeah. but people are like... Oh, no, I think we're in totally in the same boat, and that is a, definitely a hashtag, so there's that. Hashtag <laughs> Julie doesn't like doing it. Hashtag have the intern send it in. Hashtag... Iran um, Rose. Iran Rose, what I was really trying to go yeah. for, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think, like, that is the one good thing about Trump, is that everyone, all the millennials, and even the the... After millennials, the post-show millennials, yeah. the millennials after show, um, they were <laughs> all the untucked where millennials. Where the un millennials untucked were. <laughs> yeah, the millennials and millennials untucked. Um, that everybody got woken up because yeah. I think everyone fell into, especially if you grew up in Obama era. You felt, at least I imagine, you felt like, well, I mean, they're going to take care of that. They wouldn't, uh, Obama, they'll do it. It's not even about <laughs> Obama will do it, but the people in authority will make yeah, the right decision. They're not and disgusting. We're not going to have a crook come in. And <laughs> they wouldn't try to, like, you know, put robots in our social media <laughs> to get us riled up. No, that would be un-American. We couldn't have a total raper groper as a president, <laughs> right? I'm sure that, oh, when they, that was, like, shown in the naivete, naivete of everybody after the pussy tape. We all thought, that's it. But we were wrong queen we were wrong <laughs> molly we were in danger girl <laughs> we were wrong so everybody had wrong. to wake the fuck up and get scared because that's definitely what happened to me yeah i was like fuck and now everyone's <laughs> the fuck ran around heard around the yeah. world yeah exactly. and just the level and the depth of how we're no longer we're no longer even shocked by anything no, there's no consequences for rich people <laughs> no, no, and for it drives me crazy <laughs> me these too. rich motherfuckers and I I want to call my appearance here today the fuck you Ivanka tour <laughs> damn Brandy I was right she's <laughs> so right. evil the brothers are evil but Ivanka is just as evil especially because she was trying she's got the husband yeah, you, for the husband and uh, let me tell you I know y'all didn't read the book but I read whatever the the flexing thunder, Fire or whatever it was fury. called. Fire Wait, and fury. Hold oh my on. God, we didn't flexing know you read it. Flexing thunder. thunder. <laughs> I got the audiobook and I got in. Oh. And uh, Ivanka is an evil motherfucker, y'all. She is tell so us some, dark. Tell us some Ivanka stuff from the book. God, it's all like. It's just like she and Jared were dead. It's like the little game they were playing. And y'all talked about this. The game they were playing about who could talk to Trump last to try to get uh, in his tiny brain <laughs> to be the last thing. Can you imagine if people were like, you better get to Obama before he goes to bed. <laughs> you got to be watch. the last thing. He it's like, oh, 
Yeah, she's we just wanna... double evil. They're all double evil. And I just, they're all, everyone right now in the Republican Party is complicit as fuck to this shit that's going down where they are ignoring it for the sake of staying in power. Yes. And that's fucking disgusting. It drives me really insane. I heard that, like, the Koch brothers, I was, we didn't get to say this on the last podcast, but they're, they, whatever, whoever we were talking to or whatever it was, it was like they give $400 million to, they have a $400 million super PAC to help, you know, control the elections and whatever. And I'm like, well, if you're trying to put people in office that enact regulations or take them away so that you can make money, why not just save your 400 million? And then you made yeah. that last year. Uh, 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 why are, well, you're spending 400 million to make what a billion. I mean, these, they don't have any consequences. And I'm zero. sure we could do a study on billionaires where they're just like sociopathic, like, like I did. Did you watch the um, documentary on Netflix? Wild, wild country. I have not. It's hard for get me to, to get to in because I get <laughs> mad and depressed and I got my business okay. is to make a fun show yeah. with things all fun. Well, yeah. I can't I, get too upset, but I do. I, you're, you, you will and you'll like it. I've got to do it. But that's basically about a cult, what you're right. Which is what we are living under. Yeah. Which you like. I, 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 I people are gonna, you probably think this is a far reach or whatever, but there's no consequences. Yeah. A small group of people runs a large group of people so that the small group of people can make all the money while the large group of people, for some reason, thinks that it's helping them. But it isn't. Yeah. And to, and it literally is like a cult. Crazy. And Donald Trump for I don't know how he did it because we look at him and think this fucking moron yeah but other people are like, no, he's going to be the savior and the prophet and the thing. And we're going to even if we're controlling him, it's like it's unbelievable. Everything, the EPA, all of them, all every single one of them, every single one. There's no consequences for none of them. Not one of them. Uh, it's the, I can't. it's okay. like the whole like the no one has oh. there, the no jobs anymore. The none of the filled jobs. Uh, <laughs> literally taking like it'd be like uh, getting in charge of the Justice League, uh, killing Superman, and, and then being like one. the Legion of Doom will now take the places <laughs> of everywhere. Right. <laughs> Wonder Woman, you are no longer but Medusa. Yes. You will take over. Yeah, John Bolton literally fired. Everyone in the <laughs> under in the national yeah, he fired all, all of them. Mm -hmm. And you, you know what, Johnny? That's exactly what you just said. I love the, that. My real it is the, the thing that I find most shocking and scary is the the propaganda machine of Fox News continually mm -hmm. nonstop going out and getting just being believed. Yeah. And like the the whole questioning of what is truth. And it's just like so, but it's scary how, how they're they're used to just at least in my mind be like there were facts, and there were yeah, things that yeah. weren't true, and you could like spin them a little bit, but you couldn't say they weren't just right. completely yeah. that didn't happen. Or even if things yeah. are, because half the ninety percent of news is pon just people fucking pondering around, you know what I mean, and just juggling their own balls around. That's fine, <laughs> but. Uh, like today I watched Sarah Fuckabee Sanders yep. give the press conference and she said, y'all should be shaming yourselves because you're, you're perpetuating this thing with James Comey and it's crazy and all you're going to do is talk about James Comey and when there's nothing and it's like, are you saying that? Basically what she's saying and what not one reporter asked her or said is, are you saying that if somebody is suspected of a crime that they shouldn't be investigated. Because that's what we're talking about here. We're literally talking about a person being investigated for a crime, and you're saying that that shouldn't be happening. That's as that's as, that's yeah. as basic as it boils down to, and nobody wants it. And that is, they're perpetuating, like you said, fake, false, um, 
information and spinning it to the point where even intelligent reporters aren't asking even the right question. Yeah, where do you get your news? Do you get it online? Do you watch any news shows? The Julianne Brandt. Oh yeah, show. that's good. Um, well, I look. I obviously I listen Maddow? to NPR, so oh, okay. I hear the daily stuff, and I see. Uh, I don't really like watch a lot of news other than catching here and there. I'll see it. When do you listen to NPR? Uh, in the car. So you're. And then I'll just watch. I'll watch like last week tonight. I'll listen. I'll okay. watch real time with Bill Maher, and I'll Ooh. listen to you guys. Last week so tonight it gives me is a funny way. I trust all three sources. Yeah. yeah. And, last um, week tonight I find is hard. Is confusing. Yeah. That's a. You gotta Donald be. Over. Yeah. You gotta I'm be into, ready. I, I really both those shows. I yeah. really like, and so I get the basics on NPR. And then I get the in-depth, uh, like, exploration of it in a funny way yeah. on yeah. those shows. Because he is, he really breaks He's it so he's smart. Good. You know he's what so I mean? Smart. It gets, like, that shows yeah. that almost goes over my head. I'm like, like, I'm watching the news. Oh, and I do, and I'll, again, I like all my comedy updates. <laughs> I used to not really like Stephen Colbert, but I really do enjoy that monologue. <laughs> oh, well, uh, well, well John Stewart's right now. about he's, Trump. Yeah. Well, John Stewart is, like, the head writer on that show, by the way, in case anyone didn't oh, know I that. Didn't, really? I didn't. Yeah, he's, like, working on the Colbert show. And I thought he was just exact producer, but wow, that is producer meaning like he's, he's like you know he's in, in there and okay so how about this now if your sordid sexy lifestyle mm. weren't an issue right and it's seeming now like sordid sexy lifestyles aren't aren't, aren't going to be an issue <laughs> now i have yeah. a no shit. i have a sordid druggy addicted lifestyle not mm. that sexy but um if that wasn't an issue would you ever consider like holding any office even city council it's not for me uh, but I would like to be aware of what's going on and support the right people. And I really do hope that people are going to, I hope we're going to see some candidates out of nowhere. Like you said about Cynthia Nixon last week oh, or yeah. whenever that airs. Um, <laughs> I think that the right people don't always have to be super, you don't have to go into law school to hold office. Like you don't clearly had, Donald <laughs> Trump's a fucking reality star. Ivanka is a fucking handbag sales lady. Okay. <laughs> and a reality host. Shit. So they are taking the highest office and they're fucking it up. Okay. So if we want some very smart, interesting people like Cynthia Nixon, I want to see what she has to say, but uh, that's what I want to see. And even not famous people, I want to see a lot of young people going to like city council so that in five years they can go to whatever else. Yeah, because that's what they're going to learn. It's getting I mean, more glamorous. Julie loves that quote by, what is it, Roger Ailes, where he said politics is, sh- is Hollywood, show Hollywood, Hollywood for ugly people. people. Yeah. So now because they're always on the news, it's, that is a good quote. it's getting, yeah, <laughs> it's getting like, it's getting more glamorous and Rachel Maddow is making it more glamorous. Yeah. Rachel and Maddow and RuPaul both have that same issue <laughs> where <laughs> somebody is putting a little too much white under Way the eye. Much. I always and think, needs Julie to stop and I, lip gloss. We'll, we could spend a good 30 minutes analyzing her makeup because that's really all I can, <laughs> I mean, I, it's like, I, we're going to start a, a segment on this called Reclaiming My Time, and it's about me <laughs> talking about the shit I care about, which is Rachel Maddow's makeup <laughs> issues, <laughs> and it's like, uh, sometimes we think Reclaiming she's- Reclaiming my time. <laughs> Reclaiming my time. Sometimes we think time. she's out with Susan, is that a- Susan. Mm-hmm. And she's wearing, and she, we believe she listens to this, so she's going to hear it, but, but Rachel- Rachel, listen. We think she's wearing her sunglasses while she's fishing on the lake, or the- <laughs> ocean with susan she, she likes fishing, she, likes fishing. Well, she does because, actual fishing not vagina it, it fishing. it is very white 
But RuPaul, I don't think, would be caught dead with the stringy lip gloss. Mm, probably I mean, not. But they definitely, <laughs> early on uh, in the new makeup artist that were working on her, Raven was giving her a white under <laughs> oh, eye. No. And then Rachel Maddow's people were like, yes, bitch. <laughs> Maybe Trump made <laughs> well, that popular. Well, Trump if, did it, and too. That's true. But if Rachel Maddow's um, makeup people are listening, let me, I just want you to know, I am the same type oh. as Rach, mm. uh, makeup-wise. Uh, I need a, a, a gentleman's makeup. If oh. I'm to be on TV, I want you to know, lip gloss, take it back a notch. Lip need, chapstick, A. That's do her, enough. Do her makeup like Chris. Her, 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 there shouldn't be anything in between the lips when the mouth moves. Like, the shit was mm-hmm. leading or whatever. Now, what people might not know about you, or that you mentioned it at the, when you were talking at the beginning, is that you lived... All over the world, mm-hmm. but you spent a lot of your childhood in Egypt. Yeah, like in the Middle East. Teen years. Teen uh-huh. years. People might not know Egypt is in Africa. Huh. Yes, <laughs> I didn't. Mm-hmm. People might not know that Egypt is where the pyramids are. <laughs> I, that's probably more well known than I thought. Egypt was like well, I didn't know Africa was considered the Middle East, and oh. I thought Egypt was in like next to like. In, is, it's in Israel. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, is that right by where Jesus is from? Yeah. It is kind I mean, of where close. it is. Yeah, it the is. Nile, sir. Yeah, it is. I, like, don't get it. So don't forget the old Nile. Being that you have a firsthand experience living in a Arab-slash-Muslim-slash-controversial area, I was always wanted wondering, like, do people have... Because you had a good experience there. Amazing. Yeah. Like, what a it, great love for uh egypt and for all the people i knew there who were muslims yeah i live right next to the prayer tower every morning outside my window right i hear like (laughs) because it literally goes out on a loudspeaker from the prayer tower yeah and all the stray dogs because there are a lot of them (laughs) oh that's so cute that's so cute <laughs> I'm like, I better turn on my Jennifer Holiday mix, and I'm listening too louder. Well, I think tell the children and uh, j- enlighten us. Like, you know, what do people have wrong about that area? What do people? I feel like there's some lot of wrong. Why do we think mis- the Middle East is annoying, Johnny? <laughs> well, I mean, it's. Let me. T- I lived in a ve- in a universe in Egypt. Egypt is a country that up until the time when the you know the whole Middle East sort of blew on fire a couple years back. My experience in Egypt was a very loving America, pro-America country and people. I mm. went to the international school, had a lot of richer Egyptians as, uh, you know, uh, classmates. Every, you know, worked and lived right next to all Egyptian people. And I felt there's so much love, very warm people, no anti-American, no, it was not even, I was there during the Gulf War. Uh, you know, the anti-American thing was still there because I do remember stories of some woman went to the Khan al-Khalili, which is like the market in some short outfit and someone threw acid on her legs. Oh, well, I mean, women, the but women's a separate story. God, yes, I want to carry around a vat of acid. <laughs> look, and I'll, I'll let me preface the whole, everything was wonderful and everyone was full of love, was that it was definitely a, a very traditional society homophobic and so you couldn't have uh, women, you, were you out so, then no no and i but, couldn't have even considered it and even if i was i certainly could have considered it to anyone who is in that culture okay. but did you so know that's like you gotta say that, that i'm talking more about are these people are, are people who are in those countries hating americans and being evil right definitely not 
are there issues? Could <laughs> I go and be like, God, yes. yeah, Egypt <laughs> is a terrible record on dealing with gay stuff. Yeah. I remember there was like a boat, a gay boat, like one of these, oh, yeah. the boat trips and the boat got pulled down. Yeah. Everyone got fucking arrested. Yeah. I had teachers who were gay because mm. my dad was a teacher. So he knew of the tea about who what, and what, <laughs> and those people had to live secretly. Ooh. Um, so it's not a perfect world of everyone holding hands, but is it a place where I thought people will hate America and be a place where, you know, you wouldn't be safe? Not at all. Right. But then I grew up there not coming out. I wasn't out yet until I went to college. Mm -hmm. So that was all deep in the back. So was, did I care whether Egypt was homophobic? Right. Not at all. Do you care I was now? Homophobic at that right, time. right, right. Do I care now? Yeah. Would I be comfortable going back to a Muslim country with my boyfriend? I don't know. You came out in college? Yeah. And you knew you were gay since what age? 15 at least. 14. That's later than I thought. Yeah. I assumed you were like fagging it up at like nine. <laughs> well, I mean, I was fagging it up at nine. I, my next door neighbor was a kid who was older than me, and we sucked each other's dicks when oh I was my nine God, years Jungle. old. But I think he wow. was. I think he, I think Damn. the sad story of that one is oh. I think that kid Did was getting molested probably, oh, man. and that's why he oh. would, came and started it with me. He molested you. But I mean, it was fine. <laughs> I, I, but when I was when I moved actually to Thailand when I was eight, so any of that kind of like fooling around gay stuff was gone. I was in like all the people that went to the American school that I went to in Bangkok and even in e Egypt was very middle America. Holla, city of squala. <laughs> Turns out Thailand is like even, that's like the other spectrum. They're yeah. so into gay stuff. Drag it's race, Thailand, Saudi, <laughs> right now, Saudi, cop. Yakun, cop. Isn't that where ladyboys are? Isn't that where ladyboys are? Yeah, boys? ladyboy, very good. Julie, yeah. you come inside. When I was a kid, we would go, my yeah. mom worked for Planned Parenthood. And she worked amazing. for Planned Parenthood for, for 35 Mary years. McGovern. Which is incredible. Mary McGovern. And she was uh, in charge of Asia and the South Pacific for Planned Parenthood. Mm. And her office, because it was all about Planned Parenthood, was in Pat Pong, which is the sex district of Thailand. Pat Pong. Oh I don't want to forget that. So I got to put that I would Pong. go walk into my mom's office and they'd be like, hey, you boy, come here. You <laughs> see very good time. Come yes, very good. That's a country I would really love to go back to. Yeah, Not for well. the sexy stuff so much, but because because the food was never better than oh, that. Oh, and the beach, that has, that's where the, the beach is. The hotels, the luxury. Oh, If you can cheap. do the luxury the in was, Thailand, so. sweetie, they give it all to you. Really? People say oh, if, you, if you save money, like your amount of money that you have for your rent and bills here, yes. and then you go live there, yeah. you make money. Oh, let me tell you, when I You'll came, because you were able to, because you were an international family, usually people's rent were being paid by your parents' company. So everyone got to live a bougie lifestyle. Mm. I came back to America and was like, uh, where's the housekeeper <laughs> to uh, clean my room? I was like, um, is there anyone to clean my room? And they're like, dude, you got to clean your room yourself. I'm like, and what is this machine that goes swish, swish, and you put your clothes in? What is that? Fatma, can you make me Fatma. some food with the Ameya and do my laundry and clean my room? Shokran ya Habibi. <laughs> I would have to say that um, Mary McGovern per perhaps was a strong female influence on you. You are very pro-woman. Yes. You love a oh, woman. My dad was you a full-on feminist. So Call himself a feminist. Yeah, that's hot. My, my mom was hot. a very actualized woman. 
they <laughs> she was very strong person my dad was um they were featured on the cover of parents magazine <laughs> oh my god um when i was a kid because my mom went to work and my dad was a teacher but he was more of the house husband he cooked oh. and took care of the house and so they did an article on uh, you know it was like 1977 or some shit so it was like an article with a picture of me and my striped sweater <laughs> oh my so, god you gotta frame that do yeah you it's have really it? amazing i do have that it. is so cute like the um, covers we have to have all the covers <laughs> framed totally <laughs> i know For real. so yeah so they were very so that obvious that was ingrained into who i was yeah because it's very clear if you if you are by far like you just you're you you because sometimes we encounter gay guys that are a little yeah, not as <sighs> It's How not even just it? like cause it's like we with when we met Russ, he was like that. Miss Richfield was very in tune with women. You are as too. Like you're, you care. I don't know how to explain it. It's like you, you get it. Because yeah, down are, with the there are, yeah. there, are, there are some gay guys <laughs> well, who just. Who, I think guys, period, who have a bad guys. relationship with their mom. Yes, I guess that's what it is. Yeah, a really good relationship with my mom. Very strong female relationships and, all through my life as equals, not. There was never be my because I never got ingrained that weird man lady thing. Yeah, it never was even a thought. And Julie always says you looked up to women too, like oh, a lot of your I idols. I was like I was the kid who in high school was cutting out pictures of Martha Wash, <laughs> um, Lolita Holloway, all disco divas, and I would write put them in a scrapbook. <laughs> Yeah, well, I love that about you. And yeah. I love that you can also be grossed out by the puss, which is you what we what? love about I you. I can respect it, I but I don't to have to get up in there. I to know, that's what you. I, you know I how I relate to you. And he's like, we, well, I'm not, I'm not asking you to love the dick No, either, but that's Julie. what I'm saying. Like, we don't, I think there's so, security. He, Go ahead. Here's the question. Oh, okay. Do you think, which do you think is weirder? Gay guys who sometimes get with girls uh, or, or, or gay Republicans? <laughs> God, that's fucking brutal. That's a good one. What's the question again? Which do you think is weirder? weirder. $500 on the board. Yeah. This okay. is why I brought this question weirder. up in this conversation. Gay guys who sometimes get with women. Sophie's choice. Or gay guys who are Republicans. Oh, I I have the, I mean, I know, okay, I mean, I know my answer. Obviously, Republicans are weirder to me. Because. Okay. Yeah, let's hear the. That's an above the level it's like republicans and gay guys do not mix because republicans do not have gay guys as a whole people's interest (laughs) at heart so if you are that if you are a gay republican then you really hate yourself and hate all your other gay people because you are becoming some kind of weird gay uncle tom type character (laughs) for these people to parade around when they find it convenient but when their your issue is up for thing they're never going to side with you never and that's actually one of the biggest problems with the republican party in general is you could be a financially conservative party which is what you used to be not crazy people party maybe you could get some people in your party yeah but because everyone you have to veer evil it's not gonna happen fucking ladies is weird but i've really grown on my you have i've really grown in my acceptance of what you might want to do with your dick is your thing i definitely because i had a stop in bisexualville um in name only julie uh when i came out i found it hard to believe 
other people and sometimes you just think sure you're bisexual see you at trunks gay bar you know in five years yeah. with you sucking dick in the back and a load coming out of your ass but no and we could listen you we could go all night on the semantics of even bisexuality right. exactly and but i've got to say i've i've opened up to the concepts that no one should be judged on you're just gay well you know what maybe they're whatever they are but and i'm, I'm really even... opened up that i don't want anyone to feel uh persecuted by me sexo sexo we love you so much i love you and i love this show and i hope just the audience continues to grow because you guys are really just at the top of your fucking <laughs> game <laughs> julian brandy will be back on hot tea coming <laughs> later this year that's right soon to be playing worldwide on television okay currently i want you to know in canada it goes Drag Race, Untucked, Hey Queen, <gasps> Hot Tea. Yay! Okay, so congratulations. That's on Johnny. real TV and also in New Zealand coming soon. Oh so God, you're famous in New Zealand. You're at the top of your game, and we wouldn't have this without you. We would and literally not. Have. We never would have even known to do. A I mean, we just it feels you know, like we owe so much to you. I mean, we we've come full circle, I think, with this interview, don't you? Th I or think just so you being too. on this because you you've given us a million jobs. You're our and mother. Yeah, <laughs> my I love to feed my daughters. They drink at my hairy chest. We're going. We're, the, we're in the house of gay pimpin. We're in the house of gay house pimpin. House of my House of my governess. All right, so I'm sure our, I'm sure our 14 <laughs> listeners already s subscribe to your podcast, Hot Tea, and yes. watch Hey Queen mm -hmm. and the Hey Queen Hot Tea mm -hmm. on YouTube on All the actual visual. Mm -hmm. However, um, I feel like maybe they they could have learned something new about you today. I agree. I definitely spilled mm -hmm. y'all some extra tea, extra mm -hmm. good sissy tea. And do you want to <laughs> tell them where they can flirt, cyber flirt with you? Yeah, send me, slide into my DMs, <laughs> at Johnny right. McGovern is your daddy <laughs> on Instagram. Yep. Um, I enjoy a young, sexy man. The Why Twitter? Not? Twitter at gay pimp because I, I earned it. I'm keeping it. You did yeah. earn it. And you know, um, we're not yeah. going to change your Twitter name so that Wendy Williams and people retweet. If you don't have the balls to retweet gay exactly. pimp, then goodbye, girl. So tell, and then tell them where to find you on YouTube. There's Hey Queen then, TV. Hey, but uh, you can just go to the website, heyqueen.tv. That gives you Hey Queen, Hot Tea with Julian Brandy and me and Lady Red talking about gossip. The Hot Tea podcast, you can also find it there. That's us every week going through the tabloid so you don't have to. You can go on YouTube and find all my music videos. Mm. Look for the cameos by Julian Brandy. Looking cute. Different uh, cameos. Oh, yeah, you can feeling see the video cute. for looking cute, feeling cute. Yep. And get like questions. to make a public apology for the, the line in that song that says, we can't get married, but that's okay. <laughs> we like to fuck too much. Anyway, <laughs> I do support gay marriage, and I'm glad it's legal. So for anyone out there, yeah, who's wondering oh. who needs to see the 6-5 piece of man meat, yeah. get on there. <laughs> Well, I am Go going cross country with Dida two months on the road of oh. the highest glamour of all time. Oh, where are you if going? Dita wants We're going to everywhere. We're literally Julie's two open. months in a fucking row, sweetie. Oh. We are every city. And let me tell you, on tour with Dita is, <laughs> oh, it's so good. You got to go out and see the yeah, Art of the Tease, everybody. It's actually called Dita Von Tease on the Copper Coop. It's a brand new show. Oh, it's a brand oh. new show. Oh, oh, it's not me. even Art of the Tease. Okay, well, we love you, Sexo. I love, love you guys so much, and I'm your biggest fan. Love you. Love you. Alright, so now it's time for the part of the show where Julie's pessimistic ass has to find a so there's that moment. 
um, among all the stuff that's pissing her off on the regular. Mm. Now, she hates doing it, but luckily this week, our intern with the mostest, Aran Rowe, otherwise known as our good friend Jesse, found one that Julie liked. So she used the extra time that she would normally spend complaining about. So there's that <laughs> making us homemade queso for lunch. So thank you, Aran Rowe, because that queso was fire and made my goddamn day. So there's that. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that really should be it. Um, Arana Rowe found several actually usable, so there's that. But I chose this one, spoke to me the He does hardest. every week. That's that's true. <laughs> um, there was I was going to do one bef- the, before I saw this one, and then I saw this one. I was like, mm, I think, you know what? This is really, okay. <laughs> so today, um, so there's that. It's pretty straightforward. And I want to, uh, if I could also thank Arana Rowe for sending me some stuff, because I basically, I tweeted at him. Because <laughs> you're so desperate. Because I gave up. I last night I sat and I looked and I looked and I gave up. I was like having a panic attack because I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't do this. keep I running can't into do it. Kate McKinnon when I'm trying to find a so there's that. <laughs> it's like annoying. Exactly. exactly. So um, he sent me a handful of things and in like literally in moments he said I tweeted him um, five minutes later. There was like a litany of things. I was like, How the fuck does he show that? So I stitched, so hit that showed me the following one. I need to start reading the NPR website. And two, um, I read something that really moved me and gave me a little perspective. Now, just in general. So again, this is sort of a going to be a general, but you know, whatever. As a person who hates religion. OK. And I mean. I'm on a level Bill Maher I when think it comes aware. to religion. You might be surpassing Bill Maher. <laughs> Even though Brandy thinks I'm religious as I'm a self-professed Jewy Jew in the most mm-hmm. of cultural senses. So it's possible I'm also a hypocrite. What, what makes me, what where I'm not a hypocrite is when it comes to believing in God, worshiping God, worshiping another human being, prophets, those aren't real. People who say they're prophets, also not real. Clergy members who feel entitled to special treatment. Clergy members dressed in clerical guard gross. People who say they're spiritual, that bugs the worst. When, <laughs> a lot of people do are that. You, and people are like, I'm, I'm not religious, but like, I'm spiritual. I'm like, <laughs> But the thing I hate How the most. How dare anyone have a moral compass and be connected to the things that are outside of themselves you can call it what you want. I do not call that religion. So, or um, spirituality. Or apparently. spirituality. So I, or just, uh, that's just, there's something about I'm spiritual but not religious that bugs, okay? I understand. So, um, but what I hate the most are religions who hate, discard, deny, oppress, and hurt women and gay people. Now, which religions do that, do you ask? The answer is all of all them. All of them. <laughs> that's correct. I knew it. Now, currently the winner of the moment, however, perhaps even tying neck to neck with Christianity is Islam. Historically speaking, and just try not to get offended, please, with what I'm saying here. Please, If anyone does, they're a tool because you just now said all of them. That's correct. So, so please just allow the facts to be the facts and allow this just to sink in and why this is was so moving to me. I'm going to eat a piece of chocolate so, while you do it. I don't want you to write me letters about being Islamophobic. I want you to understand that I, across the board, hate God. <laughs> I hate worship. And I think all religions are made up and are bullshit, including my own, when it comes to the religious aspect of it. Okay. However, Jewish is only real as a race, in my opinion. (laughs) Yeah. However, when it comes to community and having something in common, (laughs) this is where I get it. And it has always made me sad that religion in general takes that away from people if they don't fall under the strict rules that a bunch of men came up with 
to keep other people in line. Kind of sounded like a poem for a second. Please let me say came it again. Came up with <laughs> men. That's right. Men mm. came up with religion. Deal with it. And it saddens me because some people love religion and they want to be a part of it and they're tossed out. They're rejected. And it's sad. See, however, things evolve. Communities grow and good and wonderful things can come out of something that perhaps had nefarious and gross intentions, which is all religions. Women have always gotten the raw end of the stick in religion, and I don't care what fucking religion it is. I know there's some matriarchs, and apparently no, there's some Native Americans. They didn't hate women as much as most others. Oh, you but mean I mean, like please. the island that Wonder Woman lived on? <laughs> which is fake. <laughs> and there are some Native American... Uh, tribes or cultures or time periods where it was more matriarchal where the women were more esteemed and more worshipped and there were more female goddesses and blah 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 and there's female goddesses in other religions but I'm sorry I would argue across the board I don't care what religion it is women have always been second class citizens I'm slightly ironic that the most disrespected people Native Americans would have the one they did that's right and they were closest to the nature and to the earth and yeah now Islam in general historically hasn't been good for gay people. It just hasn't. Their historical and current record is pretty abysmal, much like every religion. But unlike other religion religions, governments, groups, societies are hiding behind. So what we're seeing with these fundamentalists and all this stuff are they're hiding behind their religion in Islam as a way of killing, beating, and oppressing gay people still. Christianity may hate gays and big churches perhaps won't let them in, but our country has made it illegal for the most part to not to kill us. However, for gay Muslims who feel Muslim, they don't feel like they have anywhere to go. And I think that sucks. They want their culture. And maybe they even want their religion, the God part, the prophet, all of it. And why shouldn't they have it? And it's always the oppressed who make the change. And this is what really struck me in this this particular week, is that there's three LGBT Muslims in Chicago who are doing just that. They started an LGBT-friendly mosque. According to the NPR article, which is an interview by Layla Fidel, she interviews Mahadia... I think I'm saying that right. I don't know. Mahadia Lin, a Muslim transgender woman who is one of the co-founders of Masjid al-Rabia, an LGBT-friendly mosque or prayer space. Now, I've seen Jewish groups do this, too, where basically they don't get a full temple, but they go into like the Unitarian Church and they get a room and they have like a thing. They need to go there on Shaws of Sunset. Right. Right. They do. Yeah. So it's basically a space for Muslims to go. That's a safe space, but isn't necessarily in a traditional mosque. She says you can live true to Islam while remaining inclusive and affirming and be part of a justice facing community that is feminist, that is affirming, that is uncompromising in its inclusivity, which I think a lot of us forget and aren't ever shown in the world about Muslims and Islam. She goes, you know, I'm bisexual and I'm Muslim at the same time. And that still blows people's minds. And it really shouldn't because I don't find a controversy within myself. It's mostly from the external. Friday prayer, she says, is a safe space. Congregants are a mix of LGBTQ Muslims, straight Muslims, converts, and people born into the faith. One mother, a straight woman, tells she chose this space for herself and for her children because she wants them to be raised in an inclusive religious community. Why can't that be more? Okay, so other religious communities are having the same internal struggles about inclusion and homophobia, but she worries that by drawing attention to these issues with, within Muslim communities in America, she'll just give more ammunition to those who are intent on demonizing her religion. I disagree, obviously, because that's what I'm doing. However, I think it's important to point those things out in order to learn and evolve and grow and to understand. But places like Masjid al-Rabia are rare. 
But there are informal prayer circles in other American cities, and so you should look them up online. You can Google it. I did. You can find them. LGBT-friendly mosque, LGBT-friendly Muslim. They're totally there. There's also one in Toronto. The thing is that every Muslim should have a right to pray without fear of violence or excommunication. And I believe that the space needs to exist right here. This is what I'm quoting uh, Majia Lin is saying. And that's what she says Masjid al-Rabia is. What she ultimately hopes for, however, is to make every mosque a mosque for all Muslims. So there's that. this episode of dumb gay politics thank you guys for listening and for subscribing to the patreon if you're still on the fence go to www.patreon.com slash dumb gay politics and listen to two one hour long episodes for free mm-hmm. we recently unlocked another more recent episode um at the recommendation of our number one <laughs> friend angie knox <laughs> she said we should make it free so we did and thank you to everyone who's left a review or three. Uh, we are now up to 808 and it feels great. great. <laughs> Here is one that is close to my heart. On March 2nd, 2018, iTunes sucks butts. <laughs> this podcast is just about the only thing that makes me happy. And Julie has helped me realize that I am not the only one with unstoppable rage. Great for laughs and for sanity. Everyone should be listening. Well, thank you. That's nice. Nice, right? Yeah. And I like this one from Kurt Lee S. <clears throat> I feel like I might have read this on the show before, but maybe I just read it because we read always read the reviews. And okay. then, I don't know. But I definitely read it before. And maybe this is the second time I'm reading it. And if so, good, because I like it. What was I doing at work all day without Julie and Brandy? Brandy. (laughs) Julie and Brandy. Monday through Wednesday, Howard Stern all day. Then Thursday and Friday, Dumb Gay Politics and Patreon catch up. Thank you, ladies, for being a welcome part of my week. I mean, mean, us and Howard Stern, that's pretty amazing. Well, thank you, Kurtley. We listen to Howard Stern, too. Love. And might I say, please listen to Kathy, mm. Kathy Griffin interview and please listen to him make fun of the Don Imus last show because I was <laughs> laughing so hard in the car just earlier. Um, I was actually in a huge uh, fight. No, because we, we were just on the wrap up. show. Oh, well, so we listen just, to that if you have. Oh, that's right. We were just on the wrap up. Serious show. on demand. That's true. And I got in a huge fight with a big dick homophobe on the air. Yeah. Um, we're going to spill all that tea on the Patreon. So that's just another reason to subscribe. All right, ma'am, tell the girls and birds about all your upcoming dates and make okay. it snappy. On um, April 21st and 2nd, I'm going to be at the Women in Comedy Festival in Boston. Those shows are sold out, though, so hopefully you got your tickets. But mm. for tickets you can buy, you can come see me May 9th. We're going to do this early, May 9th in Bend, Oregon, May 11th in Salt Lake City, and May 12th at the Lucky Dog Tavern in Boise, Idaho. That sounds fun. So, I like a Lucky Dog Tavern. It sounds cool, right? Yeah. Lucky Dog Tavern in Boise, fun. Idaho. That sounds quite cool. Who knew? And the other place is um, called 50 West in Salt Lake City, and the other one is called Seven Night Club in Bend, Oregon. And we're calling this the Julie Goldman Does the Heartland Tour. Julie Goldman Does the Mormon Tour. <laughs> That's it's the right. Mormon Tour. And this one is we the- We love John. Smith <laughs> and this is the one you can see uh, with Belinda Carroll and Tomboy X is now an official sponsor so thank you very and much and then where are we going me and you me and you are going to be uh, June 
17th at Jai Tai in Seattle, Washington. We will then be uh, July 19th to the 22nd in Portland Comedy Festival, Portland Queer Comedy Festival, where I'll be doing stand up, we'll be doing the live podcast, and Brandy will be hosting one of the stand up shows. The straight show. The straight the show. show. That's right. Brandy, it's a, it's a queer comedy, but Brandy's hosting. There's one straight show because we're all allies, we're all friends. And Brandy's going to be hosting the straight show, so you do not want to miss that okay and as always it's been real and it's been fun but it's mostly been gay and it's been done and gay pimpy looking cute Mm, 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 are you mm, feeling mm, really mm, faggoty (laughs) are you feeling really faggoty it's the gayest of all time (laughs) how'd you do i see you've met my faithful handyman He's just a little broad dine because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man by the light of day, but by night I'm one hell of a lover. I'm just a sweet Transvestite From transsexual Transylvania <laughs> Let me show you a rhyme And maybe play you a sign You look like you're both pretty grooving Or if you want something visual That's not too abysmal We could take in an old Steve Reeves movie I'm glad we caught you at home. Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat wheel. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, It'll all seem all right I'll get you a satanic mechanic I'm just a sweet transvestite From transsexual Transylvania <laughs> Why don't you stay for the night? Night Or maybe a bite Night I could show you my favorite obsession I've been making a man with blonde hair and a tan, and he's good for relieving my tension. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. Hey, hey, I'm just a sweet transvestite. Transsexual Transylvania (laughs) So, come up to the lab And see what's on the slab I see you shiver with anticipation But maybe the rain is really to blame So I'll remove the cause.
but not the symptom.